For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In a world where Carolina Panthers fans have an insatiable thirst for Panthers news and opinions, only one podcast roars ferociously. It's the C3 Panthers Podcast. What's the deal, Panther fans? It's your boy, the professor, a.k.a. Tony Dunn. Uh, We don't really have very much to talk about tonight as the C3 Panthers Podcast rolls on and football barely operates. So hopefully the audio is working. If we can get a thumbs up from the folks, I got an update on my computer. So everything is acting stupid at the moment. Uh, so thank you. Thank you for your patience and thank you for joining the show. And thank you, Cody Lashney, for coming on and talking football, video games, all types of different things. And uh, hello, Cody, you're muted. Oh, and he's muted. That was, oh. that was my yeah. Oh, this time, uh, this oh time is my fault. <laughs> I'm, to I'm, I'm the oh my man. goodness! But no, man, if I ever unmute myself, I'll tell you guys I'd rather be nowhere on a Tuesday <laughs> night than right here with the boys. And as always, we have the most lit Panther family in the YouTube chat: Sarah Taylor, Trill One, Underground West. Susan Dean's already dropping the love bomb, a $50 donation. My God. Thank you, Miss Susan Dean's. Tony Dunn, we have the most lit Panther fans. Ain't nothing to it but to do it, brother. Let's roll. Man, um, talk about sticking together community here. On Tuesday night, the people are here. They have spoken. Susan Dean, the mama in the house, let, showing her support. And tonight we'll be talking about COVID preparation and tonight's show is titled NFL's COVID preparation is less than Teddy B's D. So we <laughs> less than all things are less than Teddy B's. Um, anyway, we got CK in the house who's been streaming, playing video games. I've been actually playing a little Call of Duty late at night. Uh, not to your level, but I almost got I haven't climbed in the chopper by myself yet. But I almost got there. I almost got there. I was finished number two the other night. Joe and I did. Oh man, yeah, I'm up to I'm up to forty forty wins so far. Holy um, yeah, we got forty wins. But man, it's uh, it's been a blast. But I, I I was laughing right at the introduction because Tony, that was like the most like I'm just here. 
because I have to be type of internet. Like, uh, <laughs> hey, welcome Panther fans to the C three Panthers podcast. Uh, where we I know I'm usually pumped. <laughs> I'm usually pumped, man. But it's been so stressful for the last thirty minutes because nothing has worked like it's supposed to, and yeah, I'm just like, ugh. No. What's really cool, guys, is I'm trying to with the stream. So one of the guys that I stream with, he's Capitan Shred. He actually grew up two doors down from Tyler Larson, and I he's going to try to get him to stream with us, um, Tyler Larson. So hopefully that's going to happen. Um, and Jonathan Stewart just dropped his gamer tag for Call of Duty in his uh, Twitter, and so I'm trying to get I'm going to try to sleep, slip into his DMs, have him. Uh, playing uh, some call of duty with me who knows maybe it'll happen but uh man i'm trying to trying to get this thing it's 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 moving man it's just a a grind all right um so tonight we'll be talking about if there's football or not um we'll go to the cat calls early and that's really about it is right now some the today there was a conference call where the nflpa met with the nfl leaders and they discuss coming back because their rookies are supposed to report next week. And, um, you know, there's been a lot of uh, players voicing their concerns over the past week or two, two weeks. So we, we highlighted some of that discussion in the Cam Newton video by Todd Gurley. But, you know, the players are concerned about the lack of plan that seemingly – uh, that the NFL is, is seeming like kind of dropped the ball a little bit. The guys that have had the most time to prepare, who have the simplest schedule to navigate in comparison to basketball, football, some things. Now, the size of the teams is the real problem when it comes to the NFL is that, you know, the trainers, all of this is that these are large groups of people. And then you put two of those teams together. But you know, a lot of players have said that the NFL didn't have a plan. So today the news comes out and we've got some updates for that. And I don't think there's any other news other than that. So let's just go ahead and start with that, guys. Is um, If we go to, I'm going to switch over. Ooh, i got to make sure not to surprise you guys with that in the first pick I show. The updates today. <laughs> whoa, according, whoa, whoa. Uh, yeah, I know. I know. Is that you got to be careful when you share your screen. Um, you know, that's uh, the the virtual thing, home, work from home thing is like my biggest fear is I'm going to share the wrong tab one day in a meeting and it's going to be like <laughs> Twitter, you know, and then have you ever don't leave Twitter open at work? That's what I would say is sometimes I would just keep it open in a, in a window and you know, flip back every now and then see what's, you know, trending or something like that. Yep. And um, every now and then some jerk will put up porn. Oh yeah, you know, oh, I, yeah. and I know. Like, I mean, I, I'm not trying to tell you how to live y'all live, but some of us, we, you know, I, I followed you because you like the Carolina Panthers, not because you like to watch two midgets hang out together, whatever it is. Oh, and by small the way, people. man, like, don't also retweet that shit. Like, if, uh, yes. if, if you're you're into it, don't, bro. Keep on watching that. You do you, but like, come on, man. People are like sitting next to their kids scrolling through Twitter. And, and right. you're posting some whore taking back shots. Come on, dude. Don't be David Newton. <laughs> don't yeah, be. Don't, da- <laughs> yeah, don't be David Newton, and don't be. Uh, don't be Ted Cruz either. I remember when Ted Cruz got in trouble for liking porn on Twitter, or, or and then, oh no, or it was one of his aides, bro. That's no. what the story you, you is, right? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, is that oh, if so? 
if if it truly was one of his aides, like I would if and I was a politician and that like my underling did that, I would trot him out on every news station to admit it and and like apologize, you know, say this is not, you know, so he didn't do that. So I guess maybe you're right. The other thing is, did you see Marco Rubio uh, put up the wrong picture of John Lewis? No, no. Uh, oh gosh, that was a big deal. Is the other you know because the civil rights leader and representative Lewis died this past week, and Marco Rubio put up like uh, "We're gonna miss you," and he put up a different black guy from Congress in the. Uh-huh in the like homage tweet like pay respect today we lost an important person and he put somebody else's picture up and so somebody tweeted marco rubio and said nice knowing you marco rubio and put the guy up that plays the hulk Lou ferrigno or or, no 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 No, the new uh uh, yeah yeah i got you i got you i'm following you (laughs) um so John Lewis passed away, civil rights leader and activist and politician and uh gosh, Marco, 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 Marco. Here are the updates though. The call came out today. This is reported by Tom Pelissero. Says uh no preseason games in 2020. The union still rushing uh, pushing for a longer ramp up period in camp. Roster sizes expect to be 80 to start camp. Uh, general agreement on voluntary and high risk opt out. So I wonder if that's like for some coaches and things, maybe, you know, people over 65, people with some sort of I don't know, other condition and general agreement on stipend if games are lost. So right now there's a no preseason. This seems to hurt the, the young guys, you know, the back end draft picks. The the guys uh, who, as I was thinking of, remember we drafted that one tight end a few years ago, and everybody was like, "We drafted him in the seventh. He's going to be something." And we don't know his name today. That type of player, you know, going to have trouble getting a paycheck. And you know, these guys do actually make a a decent amount of money just by going to camp, the undrafted free agent. So, cutting the roster size down by ten to start right away and no preseason games. The big boys are going to get paid. Um, but other than that, I mean, what do you guys think about these updates? Well, tell me I'm wrong here. Doesn't that seem counterintuitive to have less people on the roster? Like, what happens if you start getting guys that catch COVID and now you have even less people? You have less reserves. I, I, I think their thought is that it's going to uh, reduce the risk of anybody getting it. So, um but I, I, again, I, I, as for lack of a better way of saying it, I think that not having a football season is not going to happen, right? Um, and I think all of these players doing, you know, coming out and acting, you know, saying the things that they're saying, they have that right to. But I, I honestly believe most of them probably don't care. I think that most of them are like, I'm, I just want to play football. Like, that's my main thing. I need to be able to get out there, earn a paycheck, show that I'm somebody. I think most football players are like, I want to play, you know. Uh, but they've all said football. that. They've all said we want to play. We want to play. But then they also go, well, we want to be safe. We want to protect our families, you know, and not bring COVID back to granny. Um, you know, I, sometimes I've started. And do you think they're authentic in their concern for that? You know, that people are really worried about getting sick or. I don't think it's I think it'd be unfair to say they're not. 
just based on oh jonathan stewart just added me as a friend <laughs> yes sorry guys. we're going going live to cody playing <laughs> call of duty with jonathan stewart <laughs> oh my gosh dude that's funny anyway um sorry i was i had it up just to see if you would add me he did um but nonetheless yeah no i think i think it's unfair to say that they don't care because that's like generalizing an entire you know that everybody that is um that was protesting was you know not to bring this whole thing up again but just to put that same category of everybody protesting is a bad processor every cop is a bad cop all that stuff i don't think i think there are people who have an honest concern but i think that um there are ones out there that are just kind of going with the flow of things because it's easier on their social media presence if they did right I think, you know, we tend to always just project on other people what our our feelings are. So at the moment, you know, I'm like sitting here going, I'm so tired of this mess, this and that. And I'm projecting that in a way on these multi-million, you know, and they're looking at themselves as an investment. Um, And I I would I would certainly think that different level, different players in different circumstances would be kind of written for different things. So if if you've already signed your big payday and things like that, you get to be more cautious. If you're a young kid trying to make a name and make a squad and just, you know, eke out some bucks for the next two or three years uh, to get you ahead in life, you know, I'm sure you're wanting to play and those, the lack of preseason game, the roster size is going to be difficult there. The thing that's interested me too, is that they're now they're starting to talk a lot about, are they going to get enough practice time? The, the, the guys that are in contract years are probably worried about, you know, potential for injury because you're not in football shape. You know, there's this limited, you've had yeah. all these limitations and we've seen that in the past is that a lot of people have said that these non-contact, you know, when a guy blows out his ACL and he's just running these non-contact injuries, you know, the old hats have always kind of said, well, we used to do two-a-days and this, and we break each other's jaws in practice and stuff. So your body was just seemingly more resilient in some ways. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, you got to wonder, too, are we going to see an increase in, like, knee injuries and some different things like that this season um, going forward? And we've we've talked about those before when we've had, like, lockouts and stuff. But this has been – we've just been on lockdown as a society – and boy, the NFL has really blown this. Why is it this shouldn't be going smooth right now? They've had yeah, so much time. I don't know why. You almost wonder if it's leverage of some sort. You know, um, I'm not going to sit here and say that there are um, there. You're not actually having people that are uh, happy. I mean, because you know how they flip, you know, flipped out over the 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 new CBA. And so now I wonder if this is just going to be a an ability for them to kind of pull that back up and say, all right, we need to make some uh, new adjustments because the world that we live in now is different than the world that we were in when we agreed to this. So, um, By the way, real quick, I, I read uh, in our comment section, uh, shout out to Susan Deans, the den mother herself. Uh, she may be having knee replacement surgery. Hate to hear that. Love you, Susan. Hope uh, everything goes well and uh, you have a fast recovery. But, uh, yeah, I just wanted to throw that out there. Um, but I also do think that when it comes to all of this um, COVID stuff, that 
the I, I agree with you, Tony. I think the NFL kind of has dropped the ball. The fact that you had players tweeting out on Twitter, we want to play, and yet at the same time voicing their concerns that, you know, we don't know how safe we feel with this. Russell Wilson put out uh, his wife is pregnant, and, you know, he doesn't want to put them at risk. I don't know, man. Uh, I know that there were a few big-name basketball players that decided to not play. Um, I'd be interested to see um, uh, if we're going to see any big-name football players that decide they don't want to take the risk. But then that's a whole other thing. You receive backlash from players and, oh, you're giving up on your team, your teammates, and this and that. I don't know, man. It's weird times. But – you yeah, know, we talked about we t- we talked so much though. You remember when in the NBA was cr- you know we we've dumped on the MLB for not being you know better prepared and getting this done faster, right? And they've quibbled over some games, and it's like they almost and, and we've talked a lot about too in the past is like how the players association in the MLB has, you know, got more power to, to kind of throttle the owners and some different things like that. But there was a concern at one point that they were going to negotiate themselves out of se- out of a season, right? Is that that time was going to creep up and be the problem right there. And so the, what the NFL has had is had the luxury of time in comparison to these other leagues is that yeah. the, the league was not the season wasn't going on at the point and to me what it almost indicates is that the nfl kind of bought into that idea that this will be over by july right is that we'll be on the back end of this we just got to play it safe in them but play caution cautious in them we'll do our video draft we'll do those different things and then um but by the time the games come around oh okay maybe we'll have to reduce capacity they weren't even they weren't thinking much on the logistics side of at this point like they should be a and you know the players probably don't need that much to be honest if you be like if you say this is we're going to limit these activities and groups to this time and this we're going to make sure that all the locker rooms are we put that chemical in that that kills whatever that we make sure that all the balls are sanitized between whatever all of this if they just came out all the jerseys were replaced that would have created a sense, I think, with the players. But I don't think they have that part. And that's the the part that the players are like, oh, what the what the hell? We're supposed to be walking in here and this just be working. And right now, it doesn't seem like anybody has a real plan of how to do anything. Do you think it's going to be weird watching football with no fans? Um, I don't know. What do you think? I mean, they, they, I mean I don't know. I've, I've watched a bunch of UFC, and they've been been able to run without any fans. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I think that a crowd is such a part of the atmosphere of, of a football game. Uh, it's definitely going to be weird not having fans, I think. But I don't know. There's a part of me that's kind of excited about it, too. Because imagine being able to hear everything happening. You hear every tackle. You hear every audible. I mean, you hear everything. Like, it might actually be a cool experience. Um, like, a lot of UFC fans uh, are, are digging it, the, the fact that you can kind of hear everything. There's, like, weird moments where the fighters can hear the commentators. And, like, yeah, listen to DC, man. Like, oh, shit. Um, so, it, it'll be weird. But I don't know. I kind of think, especially early on, 
I think there's going to kind of be a novelty to it. Like you're watching these sports being played in a way that they have never been played before, like only in front of cameras and shit. And you have, uh, you know, no one in the building. Like, yeah, that's going to be a, a very weird thing. And I think it'd be fun at first, you know, but I don't know. That's just me. I think it might might be uh, kind of interesting. Is that my computer? No, that was my phone. Sorry. Oh, okay. The llama. Hey, Greg. What's up, Greg? Hey, you doing some manscaping over there, bro? <laughs> Man. Uh, oh, goodness. Sorry, y'all. I, um, Did you over podcast? Oh. Huh? I was going to say, did you over podcast? Yeah, bro, over sleep? I usually do that. Yeah, no, I, I spent the day at the river and uh, came home and passed out and set my alarm for like 8.30 and it just didn't didn't uh, didn't go off for me. <laughs> you so, could have kept sleeping. There's okay, nothing to talk about. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> um, well, welcome, Greg, to the C3 Panthers podcast. Tonight's show is uh, NFL's COVID preparation is less than Teddy B's D. And um, less than it is. We're about to jump into the cat calls right now. We've been just talking about some of the things about, you know, the COVID and the, the lack of preparation by the NFL and some of the updates that have come out um, from today's call. So let's go with that. Since there was a call, the players had a call. Let's go to the calls with the cat calls and see what you guys got to say. So what are your thoughts on cat calling? Yeah, it's pretty you shouldn't do that to somebody. And how did that make you feel? Uh, very uncomfortable. So how do you think catcalling makes the person feel? It feels two, good like a three and a four and a who's that cat sitting in the back corner with his face buried in his nose? Who's that kid that can use one? Alright, let's try this again. Hey guys, Nick up here in Mass got a couple of questions that I've been thinking about all week. So, What's up, Nick? first one. Next season, what positions do you guys think that we're really going to have to fill? You know, what contracts are up this year? Who do you think is not going to perform this year? I mean, granted, it's a guess at this point if we're even going to have the season. But basically, what holes do you guys already think that we're going to have at the start of next season or at the start of the preseason? And also, how much room do you guys think that we have? Um, also, with this whole COVID-19 thing, I have heard rumors of certain players of um, teams outside the NFL, like their contracts getting cut or reneged because they get COVID and then there's some sort of, some sort of health issue that lingers after the fact. I think it's something along the lines of scarring on the heart. I don't know oh, if you guys God. have heard anything like that, or <laughs> I don't pay attention to COVID talk that anymore. Happened, but uh, just curious as to what you guys think. Um, again, guys, have a good one. Appreciate the call, man, and a lot to unpack there. I want to go to the back end of that question to the COVID stuff that I hate to talk about that we've been talking about. Wasn't there a free agent? that had just signed with the team recently or was supposed to sign with the team. And it was a big name. Like you would have been excited about that person being signed with the team. And they had, they tested positive for COVID. It was a baseball player maybe, or gosh, what was it? Uh, but the idea is that, you know, what happens if these young guys, the guys that are on the bubble come in and they test positive for COVID and you're just like, you know what? We're just going to cut you now. That kind of seems like dims the brakes on. That's why Cam Newton kind of didn't uh, 
uh, didn't, it wasn't able to go around and test out with places and get signed. Um, I, dude, I, I don't, I don't know. I have no answers for this. COVID it was Yasiel thing. Puig. Um, Yasiel Puig was supposed to sign with the Atlanta Braves, right? And so he's an exciting kind of long ball hitter. He used to play with the Dodgers. And yeah, he was supposed to go sign. And they have a very short window of game. So, you know, but he can't, you know, it's two weeks. They, you know, he's got to go into this thing. But he's there. He's not getting a deal. I was like, just, I would have been like, well, I mean, as long as you don't die, we'll take the deal when you get better. <laughs> I mean, I, I have no idea how any of this works. And now they're going to have less roster spots. So it kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier. You know, what happens if you only have, you know, um, a certain number of wide receivers on the team and then two of them catch COVID and they're asymptomatic and now you're down that many spots? Like, are we just going to be bringing in Joe Blows from off the street like like we normally do to 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 – Feel that I don't know. Yeah, what happens no in the in the like you're saying in the middle of the season when the roster is yeah. even smaller? Yeah, and if you know, what if there's an outbreak on a team? Imagine that. What if three or four? You know, you don't really when you cut down a roster to 53, and then they only give you put hats on 51 or whatever it is, 48. You know, that's why Cap never got a hat. He was always on the team, just never active. But when you have those um, that small, those tighter groups, I mean, think about the tight end group. Like, what if two of our tight ends got sick in a, yeah. the same month? We have no more tight ends. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, We're done. Yeah, I have no answer for any of it, man. And the thing that sucks is that no one really does. Everybody's just trying to comb through what they feel is, you know, uh, best practices, best information. Um it's annoying, man. I'm so over it. I'm so over it. I wish I could just blink my eyes and, and make this shit go away, but um, it's not. But I do think we're going to have football. Like I feel like there's so many people that are being too pessimistic. Like, oh, there's no way this season's going to happen. And then they cite numbers of how many more people are getting COVID or whatever. Um, and not mentioning how many people are completely asymptomatic. Um, how many people aren't dying now because of it. Um, I don't know. It just seems now that the numbers are going up, so everyone's afraid, you know? Everyone wants to stop the spread and all this shit. And like you mentioned earlier, I mean, what other sport are you around as many people as you are playing football? I mean, even when you're, you know, think about being on the offensive line. You have guys lined up directly in front of you, guys lined up to your left and to your right. What about the huddle? Just the huddle, the whole 11 dudes sitting around in a circle. Yeah, I mean, Hold that's hands. why I, I was listening to Pat McAfee and they were talking about uh, if guys have flus or whatever, they won't even let you in the building because you're so near to other people and players when you're in team meetings and all these other, you know, out on the practice field that it's just inevitable. They're so close to one another. They're going to catch it if something's going around. So let alone something like this. Yeah, you know, I don't know. I don't know. It's all, it's like the boogeyman out there. You know, it's just scary. The weird thing about the COVID stuff that's for me, for me, that's odd. And again, like, I feel like you can be stoned on the internet if you say anything wrong. Right. So I'm not trying to, I don't even really have an opinion. 
Or but he's political stop, now. Stop, stop but, saying, stop talking. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> I'm not commenting on this. Yeah. I just want to no, know, really is, I don't feel like that the, like, so it's kind of strange when the information, we have all this information, right? The internet, the news, like we're just being, you know, pummeled with information all the time. And when the information doesn't seemingly match your personal experience, that's what's weird to me, you know, is that, you hear I hear all this. I'm not saying it's lies. I'm not saying like this and that. I just don't see it in my own life like that. Yeah. So it's just a bizarre, bizarre moment in in time. But let's get to the other part of the question that was even cooler. And that is where the holes after this season. And I think that this is a is a interesting question to tackle. We're gonna try and tackle it the best we can. I'm just looking at the um over the cap on the Panthers. And I, I think it's really easy to start with this is that if the, it depends on how successful this season is, right? Because if this if this season is the dreaded, what's your greatest fear, Cody? My, well, my, my greatest fear or the, of what the this season will be for the Carolina Panthers, the win total. Oh, yeah. If we go six and ten, eight and eight, right, seven and nine, that bullshit. I, I'm not here for it, man. I just assume let's not play football. So if we do right. that, then the Teddy Bridgewater, uh, you know, continuation story it can, it will be there, likely. Um, and you won't be in the running for your boy. What's his name? The Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence. But if the if the Panthers really stink this season, you know, then all of a sudden we can talk about Trevor Lawrence and Teddy Bridgewater's role in the future of this team. So if you keep moving down the list, so we've talked about that in the past, but here here's another one is left tackle, Russell Okung on a one year deal. And Russell Okung is a guy that might just say, I don't feel comfortable playing <laughs> this year. So my question is, is this, is when are the Panthers ever going to fix the damn left tackle position? And can it be Greg Little after a couple of years of development, maybe? I think that was the original plan, right? Was to have Greg Little step in after he developed a little bit. This is such a difficult question because we it's don't far know out. anywhere where the, yeah, huh? it's so far out. Like, yeah, you know we what I mean? have like, no idea where it's going to be. Even if we do have a situation, like you said, with Russell Okun left tackle, we may do something in the middle of the season that changes that. Uh, yeah, you know, point. So we have no idea what's going to happen. We may draft, uh, you know, a, a new left tackle. Uh, it, it could be the same way with a trade. Like we have no idea what the future holds. So it's really hard, even looking at the state of the team right now, to decide a year from now. Well, what the we offensive think is going to happen. Yeah, know? we we do know that the offensive line is going to be. So think about how much we address defense this year mm-hmm. in the draft is that you can see a similar assault on the offensive line going maybe not seven or eight picks or something. But if you think about it, Matt Paradis is going to be in his third year with the Panthers. By that point, you're going to be needing a center. Um, You know, you're running out of options on some of those guys there. So the offense – and we haven't really loaded up in the draft on the offensive line. We've kind of piecemealed it. So you could expect some things there. And then I think you got to start looking at uh, the next – well, what do you guys think about that? Or do you think is are like we kind of all lockstep there? Any thoughts about the uh, those players, Russell Okung, Matt Paradis? How long, you know, Matt Paradis? You can cut him this year, and you can't cut him this year. And you have a lot of dead money. Which, by the way, we always have a lot of dead money. So who cares? But that offensive line has always just been since we've had Jordan Gross and a healthy Ryan Khalil. It's just always been a problem. Even when we had them at times, it was problematic. 
Yeah. Our offensive line has been a hope and a prayer. We hope and pray that the next man up is good enough to do the job. And frequently they've, you know, eh, they've been okay. You know, Matt Perry, this was okay for a while. Um, you know, uh, Dennis Daly stepped in and did his thing. He was a rookie. Um, I don't know. I mean, that's where a lot of my uh, hesitancy about this season comes from. It's, it's the offensive line, you know, uh, and if, if Cam Newton couldn't hold up behind this offensive line, then I don't necessarily know that Teddy Bridgewater is going to be able to do it. Now, I think Russell Okun might be able to play himself into a contract. If he plays well this year and he has a uh, good chemistry with the offensive line and he does his job well, then, they, you know, they might want to bring him back. Um, and, and see what else he's capable of doing. We do have Greg Little that was drafted in the second round of um, not the most recent draft, but the year before. Um, I mean, we have some some young guys. That have and to step and up. Moten, I mean, Moten has played, has been respectable so far, you know, and he probably still hasn't even played his best football. If he can be healthy, you know, some of the big guys, it also depends on their development depends on their health, too. Right. Is so yeah, that Moten has been has been pretty available Actually, he's been available the whole time, I think, since he's come in. If he can get one or two more healthy years in, all of a sudden you might see him being like a dominant right tackle. A lot of it comes down to health. Um, but, you know, you're, that left side's going to have to be addressed. And while little is we're hopeful of it, is that you still don't have enough horses in the stables. Ultimately, you know, you're going to have to keep retooling there. Um, oh, and uh, I did want to mention a uh, comment that we had earlier on in our chat. Ten Tizzy said, uh, K1 Short needs to have a big year, or else uh, he can see us moving on from him. Yeah. And, and that's it- a, that, a good point, man. He's been hurt, and uh, we haven't seen a lot from him recently. Mm-hmm. And let's He's see. He's not played up to his contract, for sure. Yeah. Mm. But you also might you might look at last year and say how much of a staple he was for our defense when he left our defensive line crumbled from the run stoppage. I hate to say this is you're not going to be able to, you're probably not going to be able to get rid of K one short till 2021 or 2022 without a trade. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he's, he's um, there's going to be a, in 2021 um, there's still going to be $11 million worth of dead money. So we're going to have him for another year. After this year, my gosh! What what are what are the chances we traded him mid season and uh, put in that Brevion Roy guy that we drafted out of Baylor? Right. And, yeah, I mean, those are possibilities. Then, He's thirty one yeah. right now. So think about that. As you, I mean, and I like KK. So I've always liked him because you know he was he was the guy. He was he's just disruptive. You know, he's kind of a yeah. exciting defensive tackle in so many ways, but. You know, he we haven't been good, and then he has struggled with injuries. He had a serious injury last year. So, yeah, that's a great point. I was thinking, too, is um, linebacker. We got to talk linebacker a little bit. Is yeah. that all we have at this point is Shaq Thompson. You know, I mean, to hear Whitehead is 30 or 31. Um, I And the other – we've talked about this, Greg, and I have – you know, Greg's mentioned this too, is that, you know, we have a lot of linebackers listed, but they're not linebacker linebackers. They're like deep edge linebackers. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's going to be an area. And then I think what is the next – so you go from linebackers and you just go back one spot or outside one spot. 
you know, the corner position. Eli Apple. You know, we got Eli Apple. I forget that sometimes. Eli Apple, we got for pennies, bro. Mm-hmm. Pennies. $2.5 million we got Eli. He's going to start this year. Probably be our number one corner. More than Cam Newton? That is insane to think about. No, that. Ugh. Don't ever say that again. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. I Get off the show. Yeah. Uh, dude. Um, I don't know, man. And then a lot, you know, there also seems that's why I, you know, I'm not trying to be a pessimistic. I'm not trying to just be a Clemson Trevor Lawrence fan. I generally think that we have a lot of positions that, you know, if they've, they've been kind of patchworked. So you mentioned Eli Apple, who we have on a one year deal now. Tareer Whitehead, who's supposed to come in and help fill Luke Kickley's shoes of all people. Like, you know, that's why I don't, um, it's not far-fetched to me that the Panthers are going to be picking, you know, maybe have a top five pick in in the next draft. I mean, you're asking, you know, uh, for a lot to go right. I mean, in the midst of all this COVID stuff, you have a brand-new head coach, brand-new offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, and you have all these important positions that we have guys that we're kind of hoping are able to fill some pretty big shoes. And, you know, that's kind of concerning because uh, – those shoes are not easy to fill. Yeah, because he, I mean, in some ways, we have a good deal of our offensive offense for the next couple of years. We see what it is, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be built around Christian McCaffrey, Robbie Anderson, and Teddy Bridgewater. I guess. Bridgewater, yeah, mm-hmm. that's like yeah. that's our trio right there. Robbie Anderson better beat ass, bro. I got. I need a lot from Robbie Anderson to be happy with that signing. I need to get more touchdowns than than Curtis Samuel when I win that. Bet. Oh, and DJ Moore, and you know we and yeah. DJ Moore is kind of the. If him and do you think him and Robbie Anderson can become a one-two dominant punch? I don't know I mean, about dominant. They can be good, a good team together. I don't know if you'll look at them as one of the top. Uh, pairs in the league just based on because I don't think that Teddy Bridgewater is going to be able to be a good enough quarterback to put them as, as the top receiver. You don't in believe NFL. in Teddy? I don't believe Teddy is going to be a good oh, enough gosh. quarterback. I don't think Teddy will be a top seven in his position, which I feel and like if you don't have a top seven yeah. quarterback in the, this, uh, in the NFL, you're not going to have a top tier. Uh, well, here's something to change your mind. Last year. Yeah, well, also, um, you know, uh, think about this. DJ Moore had 1,000 yards last year with Kyle Allen throwing him the football. But you Kyle know. Allen was only throwing the football to him, basically. Yeah. Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey had over 1,000 receiving yards. That's true, yeah. <laughs> that Don't kind of bet. Crazy that we had two players with 1,000 yards receiving. Yeah. Yeah. That's mm. actually insane if you think mm. about it. I think we've really – um, underestimated Teddy Bridgewater. Right now, I got the pickup. Oh man! Right now, the oh, Teddy yeah. the Teddy Bridgewater D pick is uh from a Louisville team photo. And um, <laughs> is that real? Did, so is that, is that, I don't know if this is real. It is real, is it? dude. I love. Don't we bet don't against it. Teddy B's D. Bro, we're going to keep it 100. If that's really what my guy is packing, 
homie has nine inches flaccid, bro. Uh, like that is a water hose. Dr. Manhattan over you, here. You, even, looking at, <laughs> even looking at the picture, I'm like, dude, what in the fuck am I looking at, bro? <laughs> Have you ever seen That's Tremors? Joke pictures you send a friend. It seems like yeah. <laughs> anyway. uh, yeah. It looks like that thing that comes out of the Tremor in Tremors. I've been I watched Tremors with my kids, and he said it's like that extra arm thing that comes yeah. out. Uh, so oh, this is don't underestimate Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, you go into battle with somebody like that. Don't bet against the here. And let me see if I can get this up here. Maybe I can um, just do a. Oh, maybe you guys can hear this. Uh... If you watch this show, the best pick we've ever made in our entire lives, the Teddy Bridgewater schlong pick, was a no-doubt winner <laughs> from the kickoff to the final whistle. Big winner. The Saints won outright as a plus-four dog on Teddy Bridgewater's huge schlong. Dave, are we going back to the schlong? I'm going to ride this dick till it fails me. Let's. So, yes, I'm going to be all over that dick. Yep, going to ride Easy. it, ride Easy. it, ride and it. This is the Saints till they get proven wrong. Teddy Bridgewater, big dick. I'm going to ride Teddy's dick to the Old Town Road. That That's a, that's a remix that we're going to make once This is Barstool Sports Advisors from last year. We record that. Yes. All right, so we're both on the Saints plus two and a half. I have a feeling that Stu's going to make us call his phone number for this pick, but let's just hear it anyway. There's nothing you can't see. You you can envision the future. It's unbelievable. You're like a prophet. Mm-hmm. All right. Mortal Lock God, Stu Finder on the show, 11 and 6 since we started the show, by the way. This game is a mortal lock. Okay, it's a human lock, a burial blower. I'm going to put a package together for you. Side in total Sunday night. A best bet at 1 o'clock, a best bet at 4 o'clock for $100. Anyway, more oh, Teddy Bree. They uh, go on to say, don't bet against Teddy's. You know what? So that leads us to this, is that I saw another tweet, guys, that um, this guy put up, and he said uh, this was actually on CBS Sports, and it is the camp battles, like or these battles that they're, you know, like Henry Ruggs or whatever versus this person. And on CBS Sports, it says uh, Panthers, and it just says the entire, the entire team. Yeah, yeah, the entire roster, dude. So that makes a difficult, um, you know, what you were saying, Cody, is that we don't know. And then you look at this squad, you can easily see them being, you know, you can see them being a six and whatever team, but you could also see them being awful. The kind of thing is, is we got a, a lot of pieces that we would be excited about sometimes, like bringing in Eli Apple on a nothing deal, Robbie Anderson finally giving us a spark in the offense, uh, you know, but there's no real linchpins to build around. You know, it's like those are the best names we got. Christian McCaffrey. Right, right. And we just don't have a ton. You, and I, I guess we've just been so comfortable when you've had a couple of guys like Cam and Luke. We're going to need a guy on the defense that is our Luke Keekley, essentially, that gets uh, gives us faith. You know, is it going to be Brian Burns if he pulls down 16 sacks this year? Um, maybe that's the guy that we feel like we're going to build build the cornerstone of our defense around. But there's so many young and unproven players, and there's no real staples on this team anymore. I think that that's the problem. It's like we don't even really know this team very well. Like no. we really want to, you know, this might be the year watching a preseason game would actually be worth watching. 
Yeah. Like, who, hey. are the leaders, uh, who are the leaders on our team now? Like, who are the OG vets? Uh, uh, Trey Boston. And then that's... It's got to be mean, Christian McCaffrey, Trey Boston, uh, KK. Thompson, maybe. Yeah, Shaq. Thompson's been there a while, you know? He knows yeah. the word. You see, this is the only thing I'm worried about. And, you know, you're right. We don't have any, like, big-name marquee players this year. But we've had those players in the past, and we have it still haven't done well. It hasn't changed a whole lot. I don't know if name is is going to be what saves us in this in this situation because I mean we had Luke Keekley uh, you know before and our defense was horrible. Uh, I mean we had some other big names on the defense too. Uh, you know when we had, I hate to say it, when we had Cam for a few years we were horrible. You know I mean every year we had with him wasn't amazing. So I don't know if not having big names really makes that big of a difference. And I think that maybe what the team, the ownership and then the coaching staff looked at is that we've had these huge names before and we finished six and 10. We finished five and 11, you know, but, but uh, think of it like this, games. Greg, it's like if you ever had an old watering hole when you were young, like in, in college age and you went there, like your cheers almost where you knew somebody, you always went there and you knew somebody, you know, you always knew somebody pretty well. Uh, and so you never felt like kind of an outlander in that place. But then you fast forward to when you're 35, you've had kids, you've been this, and then all of a sudden you and your home, you, you go, you take the you got a night out, you've had a couple or something, you go to the old watering hole and you don't know nobody. You don't yeah, know though, anybody behind the bar. Yeah, you don't know anybody. And that's the kind of feeling that we have with this team. It's like, I don't even really know how to comment. It's like, in some ways, there's some real offensive pieces there. And in other ways, I've never seen these guys play together. Ever. That's actually a damn good analogy, Tony. It's like you're going to the bar. It's different music. Yeah. They don't have hip-hop. They don't have hip-hop night no more. The wings taste like shit. They're not even good anymore. It, it, really, it really is, man. It's like there's – it's so weird, man. Going into this season, it just doesn't feel like any other, man. It's – I mean, I, we, we've mentioned it before, but I feel like it just it always bears repeating the amount of veteran leadership that we lost over the course of one offense. Not even just veteran leadership, but guys that we're all going to pretty much consider to be all-time great Panther players. Cam Newton, Luke Kingsley, Greg Olson. You know, I, I mean, even a guy who was here for a short period of time, like like Eric Reed, who's been a part of your defense for the past few years, like those guys aren't easily replaceable, you know? So that's what I'm saying. We have to, we're going to have to depend on a lot of younger guys to step up into some leadership positions, but also guys that it hasn't been their job to do so in the past, like Shaq Thompson, uh, like K1 short, you know, these these guys are going to have to, um, step up and, and step into a, a new role because we just don't have those. I mean, so much of the Panthers was that coveted locker room that we have, right? Everyone said that we had great culture. We had so many good things going on. But now it's like all of that is is done and gone, and we're having to reinvent ourselves. And it's a whole new look, and it's a weird feeling. Yeah. You know, it would be kind of – we have never had a lot of turnover. You know, that's one of the things for Panther fans that we're not actually very comfortable with. And, you know, if you listen to Darren Gant, Darren Gant always criticizes 
Charlotte for being okay with having the Hornets or okay with have you know like we're okay with a nine and whatever eighteen and nine and what would it be. Nine and, seven. Nine, and seven. Nine and we seven. Just Thank to be you. At the dance, basically. Right. Is that yeah? And that's why you know, and we always try to compare ourselves to the Steelers, where you know we don't go through coaches, so we don't. You know, and then when we have gone through coaches, it's been some very small movements. You know, we went from John Fox to Ron Rivera, and they're very similar kind of guys, especially the way they approach the game and some different things. But we've always had, you know, I mean, we did, we had this feeling maybe in 2011 when we had a new coaching staff and a lot of new players, but we still had Steve Smith and the running backs. We knew those names. This one is such a, and, and maybe this is, maybe we should be happy about this, Cody. You have been talking about rip the bandaid off, right? Is that yeah. the Panthers really didn't hold back. They didn't just bring in a young coach and then keep a lot of the old parts around. They really broke it down to the chassis and stripped away all the new parts and went by. So they haven't half-hearted the rebuild. No. They're just maybe not doing it with the idea of tanking having to be part of it. We definitely pumped up our defense. I mean, I I think the players that we put on our defense are young, fast, and violent, and that's a good thing. And we, we, they, they just need time. You need to build that up into something. Um, it's the offense I'm worried about. It's that offensive line, man. We've been mm-hmm. we pounded the table uh, about building a wall, building a wall for Cam Newton. Um, it would still behoove the Panthers to build a wall, no matter who the quarterback is. But um, I don't know. Am I being too hard on it? Like I feel. Uh, like yeah, I think so. I think like, you're not having any faith that a man like Teddy B can't take care of himself back there. It's not. What so if he just comes around the yeah. corner and they just wallop and he wallops in the head with that thing? Like a mallet. Uh, I, don't, I don't think it's having no faith. I think he's looking at uh, you know what we've had in the past. I think when Cam Newton went out, what was it the year before last week? They went through three quarterbacks in three in two weeks. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's it's not a matter of not being able to protect just Teddy Bridgewater, it's any quarterback back there. And I think the offensive line, you're right, you know, we're sitting talking about it, it's probably going to be the hardest part to replace or the weakest position on our team. And I think that's the position that you have to have the gelling the most. Maybe the offensive line or maybe the quarterback wide receiver uh, kind of uh, chemistry you need there. Other than that, every other position on the team is just kind of, you know, fill that slot. But I feel like the offensive line is a team you can't just throw together every year and plug and play people every year. And that's what we've been trying to do rather than build a team and develop these players. Maybe this new regime, that's what they're going to do is draft young and build a team. And it could be a few years before an offensive line is a legitimate offensive line, but just being good enough is what we always do with offensive line, like just good enough to put a Jersey on and go out there and play. Uh, it it's it's costs a lot and last. I know it's something it that Cam Newton's career. We've had well, the same so. conversation every year. It feels like for mm-hmm. a long time. Yeah. The numbers two five two 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 eight fifty ninety eight. Twenty two people watching now. Thirteen thumbs up, one thumb down. They must be intimidated by Teddy B. Right. Um, go ahead, and smash the thumbs up button. Get into the show, and uh, let's see where you guys want to take the conversation. Let's go to the next call. I just wanted to call in and and tell y'all I just finished watching that uh, Kevin Donnelly Zoom call with the O3 squad on YouTube. 
Oh, wow. It was like 40 minutes long, watch. and then just talking about, you know, the, the team and all the camaraderie and just the special moments from that year, all the memories, and it got me remembering from, I think I was maybe 22 years old in that 03 season, just hanging out with my friends, watching those games, and fast forward to the whole Cam era and, you know, hanging out with y'all every Tuesday. I just really, really appreciate being a sports fan, and it was nice to look back on on what it was like to be a sports fan back then and, and just, you know, just appreciate the happy times. And I just want to let you all know that happy times are, are ahead of us, and they're real, they're real close. I know everybody's a, a bit down right now, but I just want to I promise you all, just trust in humanity. I, I feel like there's the majority of this world is made up of good people that just want to want to get through this together. And I'm happy that the rookies are, are reporting, you know, this, I guess today looks like we've now got all of our rookies signed. And um, if any Panthers you know, players are out there listening right now, thank you so much for, for going to work and giving us something to kind of root for because sports is, is just, it's important. It's important to mental health. It is important to our lives. As trivial as it is, it truly is important. And I appreciate the C3 family. I appreciate all of Carolina Panther Nation. Um, and I appreciate my fellow brothers and sisters out there in the world. Let's just all stick together and keep pounding. And I promise y'all, it's, it's going to be okay. I love y'all. Well, we love you. Thank you for that call. And you know what? Every now and then we need a dang. That was a hug right there. That was an audio yeah. hug. Somebody, we're yeah. feeling down. My man said, "Keep your chin up. We're all we're we're gonna get through this." And I tell you, it just it, we're in a moment right now. I think, and he brings it up is how how sports is important to us. Is I mean, think about as we think it's important to us, and we just do this podcast for fun, you know, and entertainment and leisure. You know, there's a lot of people whose jobs are built around this. Imagine what sports reporters are going through at this point, you know, and all these different things. And it, and we're so deep in it. And then the other kind of weird thing about it is, is that it's so embedded into our society. In some ways, recreational sports are that we consume are somewhat of a modern phenomenon. You know, I mean, if you think about it, is in the last century, ultimately, maybe a little bit more, century and a half professional sports have become a thing and it's like such an important thing to us that right now we're without a lot of it and we're just dying for it i think uh we get basketball this week or something or baseball this week maybe when there a baseball game tonight yeah i think baseball is this week hockey is coming up in about a week or two they're real close to, to uh, hockey is i think august 1st or something like that rangers yeah, the hurricanes game today uh, i think today was one i think it starts was, uh, thursday maybe they did have like a i know the cubs the cubs are going to play like on friday i wonder if they had an exhibition game or something today mm. i don't know but do you think they're going to pump noise into the stadiums pump crowd noise in the stadiums with no no crowd oh um they said this is that so now MLS is back, right? MLS has been playing, and a friend of mine watches it. I don't watch it, and um, he was saying that they have fa- they pump in audio, but they don't do it to the players. 
right? It's just on the TV itself. So you'll like, hear a on, crowd roaring. They don't. <laughs> they don't hear the crowd roaring. Only the the fans hear it. Like that, people are watching TV huh. hear it. And he said it actually. They do a good job with it because it gets like louder and softer in a way that seems natural. But I heard that MLB is going to be using. They're going to be pumping in the sounds from MLB or 2K the show, the show, the video game. They're taking the audio from the EA Sports video game, and that's going to be the audio that accompanies the baseball broadcast. That sounds kind of wild to me. It sounds so dumb. Yeah, it doesn't. I, mean, I, I, I feel for baseball, it's probably different than, than it is football. But it's like, dude, if you need to hear crowd noise, like that's why I brought it up earlier. I wanted to see everyone's opinions because it's like, dude, you're not a fan of football. If you're watching the game and you don't like it as much just because you don't hear the crowd cheering or you, you don't hear people, like, dude, I mean, I know it's different, but at a certain point, it's like, who really gives a shit? Who yeah. isn't watching sports at a time where there's not there there isn't anything? We're so starved for sports. Are you really gonna not watch just because there aren't people there and you don't hear cheering? Like it's dumb to me. I think. Think about what the ratings for the NFL are gonna be. Three, you know, higher than they've probably ever been. It's right. already the most watched television show in, in America. I mean, yeah. so right, but yeah, we're dying for it. Like we are missing it so much. It would. It just feels like it's going to be something that gets us one step closer back to life. And so you know that Thursday night football, the first Monday night football game they have is like the whole world will watch it. Yeah. It's like a Super Bowl, basically. Yeah, we so start for it. And you know, I think that them them putting the noise in there for for on the TV for fans is gonna is gonna give you almost a sense of normalcy. You know, it, you may not be able to see the crowd, but you can't always see the crowd whenever the game's being played anyway from the television. If you can at least hear the crowd, then at least it feels normal. I know players yeah. don't act like they're gonna be shook by it. You know, players all like to say. You know, we practice in the court. You know, we don't, you know, we're going to play the best, you know, when you man up beside somebody. So it's kind of like the fighting. Like, you know, we wondered if U- uh, UFC was going to be affected because the fans, but those fighters, they're like adrenaline's pumping so high, they're fighting. Yeah. They don't yeah. give a crap. But if you think about it in some sports, like, do, do players get a second win from a crowd you know a crowd like when when they feel like when there's moments that they are about to give up hope in the game and the crowd is getting them back in it or think about a player a basketball player who gets hot shooting threes and the crowd's yeah. going nuts and he's like feeding off of it so there is going to be an element that changes it it's almost going to yeah. be like a certain personality type is going to be better in this environment you know, a player who is less up and down, almost like a not Cam Newton. You know, because Cam Newton was kind of a get hot type player, feed off the energy type player. Yeah. How is he going to create his own energy in a time when there's a such a limited amount of, you know, fan interaction? Yeah. I mean, I, I agree 100%. I think that it's going to affect the players more than it would the people watching, obviously, because. It, you know, if if crowds cheering and and whenever you're at the game and they ask you to to slam your your uh, your seats against the walls and make noise on a third down, if that stuff doesn't matter, then I'm just not going to do it when I go to a game anymore. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I mean, I, I want to do it, but I mean, it seems pointless for us to even 
promote to do that if it's not going to affect anything. I mean, I think, of course, pumping up the crowd for a big third down, for a fourth down stop, for a fourth down conversion, you know, for a huge running play, for a nice pass, like it always, always makes the team and the players feel better to hear that crowd. So, yeah, I think I don't care what they say. It's going to affect you. UFC is a little different because like you're in a war. You're like in a yeah. mini war of survival. You know, I mean, your right. your life is on the line. It's like, you know, you don't need people. You know that the, like during Civil War battles like at Gettysburg and different places, they would pull up chairs like in the adjacent hills and people would like watch the battle like a TV show. Um yeah. And there's there's crazy stories about people getting like hit by an errant musket ball or you know something crazy, and they're like, watching this unfold. You don't, you know, I don't think the the people on the battlefield were like, man, I'm gonna get a second win because these people really cheer me on. That's a little different, right. but you know, but um, the nerves. You think about feed off the crowd, right? Think about when the Chiefs were down to the Texans, and and uh. And you know, as soon as they, you know, the Chiefs got on the board, uh, you know, the the crowd knew. All right, we gotta get behind our boys and get behind our team. We're in the the playoffs. Yeah, they, they, that energy is undeniable. And yeah, Cam Newton would feed off that energy too. So Joey, that's what the- I said earlier, it's gonna be a novel thing to see how fans and players react without the crowds, because now we get to see what. What you know? How much did it affect them when there when there were crowds? Joey, the Blind yeah. Panther says the crowd is an integral part of football. The Raiders, Saints, yeah. Seahawks, Chiefs, and probably a few other teams I've missed. They can get yards because the other team can't communicate. Mm-hmm. You know, you hear the twelfth man. I was at the NFC Championship when the Panthers won it, and it the whole the the stadium was a physically shaking, like it was. It was a, a, a crazy sensation. You almost thought, like, is this structurally sound at this point? The whole thing was moving. Um, so, yeah, you do have that moment. But, I mean, I, you know you know, the players are going to come up big and they're going to play hard. It's just going to be somewhat weird. You know, I, I don't think it's like – like, even NASCAR has an advantage on – it's kind of like UFC is that, you know, they don't care if fans are cheering. Right. They're in you a know, car. Right. You know, that's what makes right. a difference. Yeah, no, that's a good team. point. Home team advantage will be affected in a lot of ways, and we'll be we're interested to see how it unfolds. But we want football. We need something. I do anyway. Next call. My podcast brothers, how y'all doing? What's up, G? Once again, hey y'all, say y'all stay safe in this Corona shit, y'all and all your family and loved ones. Hey, I'm I'm pretty happy, man. Hey, all the rookies got signed today. You looked at Panthers.com. Yeah. I thought I was going to take a little bit longer than that, you know what I'm saying? But, hey, here's a question I have for you guys. Um, we know that training camp is right around the damn corner, man. You know what I'm saying? I think it's next week. You know what I'm saying? My thing is this. If a player is tested positive, would they think that well, – would actually say that shit to the media? And will cameras be there? And the reason why I say cameras, let's just say, God forbid, some player from another team, any position, that's a star player, okay, disinfected with the coronavirus and then they would show them doing training cat doing practice drills and everything like that you know we're not stupid we can see that so-and-so is not throwing the ball so-and-so is not catching the ball so-and-so is not blocking for the ball people will realize that so give me give me your, you guys a take on that because my opinion i don't think camera's gonna be there man 
I really, really don't think mm. it will because people are going to put two and two together, man. Give me your thoughts on that. And always remember, y'all, keep pounding. Well, that's a good question. I mean, there's not going to be any regular training camps, right? There's not going to be the fans there. Like, we don't get to go see training camp at Spartanburg, right? Am I <laughs> yeah. wrong about that? I mean, like, I don't know. Where, where are the Panthers going to do it? Are they going to do it in the bubble? No. Yeah, they're going to do it in the bubble, my understanding. I could so be we, wrong with them. And and there is an injury report. You do have to disclose certain things, and the reporters would probably be given some limited access and some things like that. I think it's going to be limited access, but what if they just say illness? Imagine the first person that misses a game with a tag on the injury report, illness. We're all going to be like, oh, crap, the whole team's got COVID. Yeah, oh, yeah the entire facility. See, the problem is, is, is the same thing that you're going to run into with currently with schools or daycares or work. If you have any symptoms that even resemble coronavirus, you aren't allowed to go to work for two weeks. You have to self-quarantine for that entire two weeks. There's a lot of places that are doing that. So do they do that? I mean, you've got to think about this. How many people are out with the flu, right? You know, a lot of these guys miss a little bit of time, but not a tremendous amount of time for the cold, Right. And and you got to remember, the football season is played during cold season, right? Like it's when people get the sniffles and the and are coughing and congested and things like that. So I mean, I think that this isn't that going to be wild. Really- Wait till Drew Brees gets it or somebody yeah. like that. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. This is. Yet- By the way, Tony, I've got to say. Your voice sounds sexy now that you got your mic set the right way. Really? Does it? You can tell the difference. I feel like I can. I, I feel like I'm riding your vocal cords. Like Makes Teddy. Hair stand up on the back. <laughs> nice. Well, I good. Feel like I'm, I feel like I'm riding your vocal cords like a horse, like one of those bulls, <laughs> like a mechanical bull. I'm just like, oh yeah, here we go. All right. Well, if it's too loud, I'm tell me to turn ride. it down. I hope it's not too loud. I'm trying not to yell. Is no, it too loud? I think. Uh, sounds I good. mean, I, I think you might be able to turn down the gain or something like that a little bit, but for the most part, I think it sounds pretty good. How do you turn down the gain? Can you talk me through that one? Um, that may be a setting on the mic, like when uh, when Cody was having a little bit of issue with his, the gain is a little bit too high. Basically, the sensitivity is a little mm. high. But you may is that a USB mic? Yeah, yeah. I have. So I can you, change my monitor. That's what I can do. That's it. That you might have to, you might have to just do go into settings for the recording and and change down the microphone input a little bit, but it's not bad. It's just, am I too low? You can't tell, no, it's it, you could tell that you're clipping a little bit to where uh, like you're getting to that top level to where the like the sound is not able to pick up any further decibel. So oh. it's just kind of like that click that clipping noise. You know what I'm talking about? No, I don't. So I'm learning still. I've had this microphone for a year, and just turning it a little bit has changed the game. I guess. And yeah, it maybe sounds really good. Way. I like it. I like it. Yeah. Um. All right. Let's go to the next call. Uh. Yeah. Wait until the first high. Is this one thing to just have players with it? But what about when a player misses because of coronavirus in the middle in a very important game? That's going to be a wild moment. What a wild time. Hey guys. Yeah. And you know. Oh. oh so, good. Sorry. Uh. My birthday's tomorrow. But what's up, Joe? That's not what this call's about. Happy birthday uh, tomorrow. Happy birthday. I got a, <laughs> not really a problem, but I am 
considering naming my hearing aid an implant after Panthers players. But I don't know which one to name after which player. (laughs) Boy, we're really in the thick of it. We can help. We can help. player made us great because that would be for my implant because it literally makes me here on that side. And then which player aided in greatness? Because <laughs> that's who's getting nice word my play. hearing aid named after him. So, All right. uh, Joey, happy birthday. Guys. <laughs> I'm at the beach right now. And you know I haven't called to uh, do this for a while, so I'm going to do it for you guys. Wow, wow. Damn. <laughs> All right. So it's not a show until I hear Joey growl at me. That's right. I don't know. I mean, who made that? I would say maybe Julius Peppers made us great. No, bro. I say, listen, if you want to talk about who made us great, you already know what it is, boy. That's number number one, Ace Boogie. That's Cam Newton. You're naming that one Cam Newton. And who aided in greatness? As much as a little Kingsley, bro. Bro, you got that 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 Kingslier implant, bro. The Kingslier implant. That, that oh, implant, I like bro. that. That wins. That wins right yeah, there. Yeah, man, dude. Right. You solved if it. If you need two names, all you need is that Cam and that Luke, bro. I think that's yeah. it. You've solved it. Yeah, I agree. I think that's the best names for it. You know, I can say though. This this brings up that same old debate we were having before about which player is, is affecting the, the franchise more, which player is better. I think that if you really look at it, Luke Keekley has been a better player at his position than Cam Newton has been consistently at his position. I don't think Cam – it's just weird to look at Luke Keekley and say that's kind of like the assistant to Cam Newton on the team. Cam Newton just plays a position where he has more control over the team and the ball. I think Luke Keekley is a better player at his position, though. Oh, Lord. Luke Keekley is consistently top three in the NFL yeah. in his position Good point. every year. You know, it's a legitimate so. point. Legitimate. All right. Um, so let's keep going with the calls and we'll bust out of this show. Hey, guys. Joey the Blind Panther again. And I was just thinking, I said, I was thinking, you know, there was like, if we lose players to COVID, okay? And, you know, that. You know, that stuff. I mean, of course, it would suck to lose a player to COVID because they could be contributing on the field, but it's going to be really interesting. It is going to make for such a cool subplot as to who's going to step up when players go or if if players are not playing due to COVID or injury. I mean, you have injury and COVID, so you have more opportunities for guys to step up. And that might be really, that is going to be really fun. And I'm just saying there are some players, maybe not so much so with Matt Rule, but definitely they would have benefited last year with Rivera because he doesn't like to play anybody. He doesn't know pretty much. There would be some players, man, that, really could show their worth if the player in front of them is gone with COVID. That, that yeah. would be fun. 
What about if like a Just head coach? What if like a head coach gets it and then has to be out for two weeks? Do they? That's what I was about to mention. Someone had mentioned on Twitter that you're going to see a lot of, or there's the potential at least that we're going to see a lot of head coaching candidates pop up because they might have to fill in. In the meantime, if a coach gets it or whatever, so like I said, Kyle Shanahan got it, and then Robert Sala stepped up as the. the, uh, the head coach of the Niners, or or Eric Bieniemy, you know, if he had to step up, at, that's Jeremy Chen, Derek Brown, um, you know, uh, I, I still think uh, Gross Matos is going to see a lot of time on that starting defensive line. So um, it's the the young guys have to step up, and I'm hoping that hopefully it's not because of COVID, that it's not because of guys having to pull out um, because of that, and it's just them stepping up and making plays and proving themselves. All right. Um, next call. If it's, I bet you this is Joey again. Let's see. Hey guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, sorry, I haven't called in a few weeks, and that's usually what happens. I call three times in one. He podcast misses us. Don't call for the next few weeks. But anyway, so uh, <laughs> I was walking through like the the main area of Myrtle Beach, where all the tourists go, and you know, all the stores that they sell the same shit and airbrush and the ice cream and the bars and the restaurants and whatnot. We were walking by one and it was selling, they had Panthers face masks and um, you could get them to write, you know, whatever else you wanted on it. So I got them to write, I got a Carolina Panthers mask and it says run CMC. I want to know... <laughs> What if you got a Panthers face mask and they let you write any message you want on it? What would you guys write on it? I'm not putting keep pounding up there. Tony's gonna go on it, but I'm I don't not know. gonna say it because my condo is kind of small and my parents might be able to hear it. But <laughs> you know where it is. Some about being gay for Cam. <laughs> uh mine it would say Teddy Bridgewater is not allowed near me. <laughs> mine mine would be the Panthers really screwed the pooch. That's what mine would be. <laughs> Actually, mine would say subscribe to the C three Panthers podcast. Oh, you go. you're gonna use it as a marketing tool. I see. I would get a pitch. I, I, just, I, get I just think that, that Tony would have a mask. And it would have an arrow pointed to his, where his mouth would be, and it would say "reserved for Cam Newton." <laughs> <laughs> Cam Newton parking all. Cam Newton was uh, here in my dreams. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'd have to get one with a picture of Tepper and Rule on it, and just like facing each other, and in the middle of it, just say "liars." Oh, that'd probably be mine. I uh, this is funny. Wow. I thought and nobody Jugular right there. People didn't like my tweet, and I thought it was going to be a hit. But you guys know Kelly Story on Twitter? She's a big Panthers fan. Uh-huh. Yeah. And she put up a picture of Christian McCaffrey working out with uh, like one of those medicine balls or whatever, and he was wearing yoga pants, like girl yoga pants, like tight, tight. And she said, here's uh, CMC and stretchy pants. You're welcome. 
And uh, then I responded to it, and I put that picture of Teddy up. I said, Teddy Bridgewater in stretchy pants, you're welcome. <laughs> well, I, no, it, those, weren't, those weren't stretchy pants. That was just him stretching those that, pants. Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, oh, nobody wow. found it funny but me. I laughed at my own joke pretty hard. All right, um, let's see. <laughs> I think that's about it when it comes to Panthers talk for right now. We'll circle back next week. It's the last week of class for me. And then uh, it's vacation week, so we're going to have to try to figure out if we're going to just push it back or make it up on a different day if you guys take the mantle. But until then, you can be a part of the show by calling into the Cat Calls line. The number is 252-228-5098. We'll play your calls each and every Tuesday night. You can follow me on Twitter at cat underscore chronicles. Subscribe to the show. We're on uh, YouTube live. Obviously, that's where you're watching us at this point. But you might be listening later on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your your podcast. Check out the Panthers podcast. Rate, review, tell a friend about the show. We're the longest-running Panthers podcast. We're going to continue to go throughout this wild and turbulent season. And, guys, now we're going to finish up uh, the podcast with our picks of the week or our ice up picks of the week this is our homage to steve smith where um we tell someone in the world anybody is fair game eight-year-olds in oklahoma have been iced up before to the president to ourselves to our wives and our children the ice up pick let them have it guys where you tell someone to ice up toughen up get it together who's got something to fire away at first while well, i think of mine uh, I can go. I'm pretty sure somebody's going to have the same one I do. But, uh, hey. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they'll just add on to it. I might send up Kanye West. Oh, God. <laughs> like, I, almost, I uh, feel like I feel bad like you're picking on somebody. I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to pick on the guy, but here's the thing. If you're going to uh, put yourself in a position where you're going to run for president, take it serious, man. Don't name your party the birthday party. Don't Don't shave 2020 into your head. Don't make your first rally at a state that you're not even on the ballot on. And when you do that, go there with the microphone so that way people can hear you. Uh, Newsflash. He had a, bullet, he had a bullet, bulletproof vest on, dude. Yeah. Well, Newsflash <laughs> to him. Nobody wants to see their president cry when they start talking about things. Like, sorry, it's just a, it's a sign of being weak is, is crying about getting yeah. emotional in front of a crowd talking about things. Nobody wants to see that. Uh, you know, uh, I mentioned the birthday party. Don't be realistic about it. What was his, the platform he's running on? Is every person who has a, a baby should get a million dollars? What What are you talking about, dude? Like, you obviously don't understand how money works. Like, how does it free weed for everybody, dude? You, you don't realize how the world works. It's kind of like you're running for um, high, like middle school president, and you're like, yeah, that's what it sounded like. It really did. It was such a joke. Uh, I couldn't believe some of the stuff I was hearing about it. Uh, I mean, he he did his first one in North Charleston, South Carolina. I used to live down there. Why you pick there for your first spot to go to? Like I said, when you're not even on the ballot in that state as a presidential candidate, he's only the ballot for one state, and that's because he paid thirty five thousand dollars, the thirty five thousand dollar registration fee to be on that ballot. I mean, dude, it's a joke. It really is, and I really feel bad if people think this is serious and spin he does get on some more ballots and they spin their vote on him. Like it's, uh, you know, it's crazy. So Kanye West, ice up, man, take it serious. You are making a joke of running for president. You really are. And it, it, it brings it down. It's all a ploy for his album. Or some people have said that he's bipolar and he's like on a bipolar bender. 
Yeah, I heard that he was somebody help him. Seriously, you have people. You don't have anybody close enough to you to look at you and be like, "Dude, this is stupid. You look like an idiot." Well, today, like, today, you know? homeboy flew out there to talk to him. Um, uh, Dave Chappelle. Yeah, yeah I saw Dave, that today. Yeah. But guys, have you realized that Kanye West has no family left? Like, all of his family are the fucking Kardashians, bro. Like uh, th- these demons that just live to leech and manipulate. <laughs> I feel like like they dude. That guy has no one that's like looking out for him that really loves him. I feel. I mean, or else you know, th- someone talk him down from the perch. I, I right. Think, you know, well, it, it clearly doesn't have that anymore. Right. If you have no family and you don't have any friends that are are able to help you out like that, especially when you're that rich, there's something wrong with your personality. You're doing something to keep people away. There's no way you're that rich and popular, and you don't have somebody that's going to be there to advise you, a friend, even somebody you're paying to do it. There's no way unless you're just a complete asshole or moron or combination of both. Yeah. Yeah. All right. What else you guys got? CK, you got something? No, man. I'm just. (laughs) I'm uh, up in the box. Nothing in your. You don't got somebody that you talk to collecting their life debt? What's that? (laughs) Nothing. (laughs) You have to start doing what I do. It's like uh, throughout the week, if I find stupid shit, I I have an ice up folder. I do stuff Twitter, like that too. You got yeah, to. Yeah, like when you're on Twitter, yeah, if you find something dumb, you just got to save it and refer back to it on Tuesday nights. Oh um, I guess I'll go first, man. I'm going to ice up um, paganism <laughs> because, <laughs> so I don't know if you guys heard this or saw about this. The moon was trending on, on, on Twitter uh, either yesterday or the day before. And this account by the name of Jupiter explained it. And this is verbatim what the tweet says. Basically, in the past few days, a group of fresh baby witches decided <laughs> to band together and hex the Fae. I, mm. I then found out that the Fae are like Celtic fairies and shit like that. Okay. And they, and they hexed the moon. And they did. And now they're planning on hexing the sun, too. So uh, essentially what they're saying is that this uh, COVID coronavirus pandemic is the the moon and the sun getting back at witches for cursing the, the moon and the sun. And, dude, there is an entire thread about it. And I read the entire thing. And I realized at the end of it, oh, I lost five IQ points, bro. <laughs> I am so much dumber now because of this. And it was like a, a legitimate trending thing on Twitter. And then you realize that like uh, there's a huge part of TikTok that's dedicated to witches and paganism and stuff. And man, look, believe what you want to believe, but sometimes y'all just take this shit too far, man. So um to all the baby witches, I send a, or, uh, to all the baby witches that are casting hexes on the moon and shit. Let's I guess I set up, son. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. How's that for my weird there you go. ice up? <laughs> yeah, one. that is a weird ice up. I might ice up my wife tonight. And, oh shit. Yeah, I know it's not even that bad, but I've noticed that this, and I've not noticed this. I've known this, but she's so remarkably good at spending money. 
I mean, so good at it. It's like just easy. It just makes it. And even it's like this. It's like we're going to. And it's on stuff we need too, you know? But it's like, I don't want to do anything. I don't want to do my work. I mean, nah, she's, she just works hard, does all this. But boy, she can spend a damn dollar. You go to the store and all of a sudden, it's like, damn, we just bought $70 worth of vitamins. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I don't. I didn't have a good ice up. I'm tired of icing up COVID. I was gonna ice up the Washington Post, but I felt like you did it. Yeah. Last week. I, I, no, no, I didn't. I now I was thinking about it because I remember I did have one, but I I thought I did it last week, but that was Friday that we talked about it on the on the group chat. And what, the, so the story of about the Redskins. Yeah. Can we yeah. have to take a minute to collectively me, say how bullshit that was? Yeah. Like, let me do it. Let me yeah, yeah, do it, man. Jump on it. Yeah. So uh, I sent after the, after they released it. So for an entire week, I'm telling you, you guys were there. You guys were on Twitter. You were on social media. Mm-hmm. All of these reporters, all of these insiders who supposedly knew what was going to happen with this report that the Washington Post was about to put out that was going to go from coaches all the way up to Dan Snyder made you believe that they were pimping out cheerleaders, that they were doing all of these just ridiculous things. And it was just basically just two executives in the back office had some sexual harassment claims against them. Oh, and the the radio radio guy, he told a girl that her ass was his big as nice as a wagon or had a wag like a she had an ass like a covered wagon or something like that oh my god uh, but I mean, even, even so i mean like i'm not gonna sit here and say that women's feelings in this situation aren't valid because i think that if they feel offended then that's valid like no matter what if somebody is offended that's if they are truly offended in the way that they should be offended then that's a valid feeling to have so there is I, i'm not gonna sit here and, and say that that's not something that should be put in in front of people but do you know how many sexual harassment claims wells fargo goes through that any of these big corporations go through verizon any of them but do you think hey they're gonna make front page news on this and it's gonna be built up in a way that makes them believe the public believe that there is going to be um just uh just a bombshell like this is the equivalent of of somebody saying that where I work, that our CEO is is just banging every single uh, female intern that ever comes into the office, um, while also handing that woman off to his best friends and saying, "Pay me for intercourse with this woman," but then finding out later that uh, it was I just looked at a girl's butt the wrong way. On the uh, being a you know just a footnote in this whole, I got just they built this thing up so much that you were really thinking that oh my gosh the Redskins are about to collapse, bro. Well, you thought it was going to be on the scale of what happened with the Panthers. Um, No, even no that like you felt like it was about to be even worse than that. Like you thought like Dan Snyder was about to be outed as being just a part of this human trafficking situation with Jeffrey Epstein. I mean, there were rumors going around like crazy. And what's funny about it is it was all being substantiated by other reporters that said we knew what was going on there the entire time. Like I'm like, what I, I, I think my set pick goes to Jason Lock and Fora, which I'm less and less interested in his work now. Every time I hear you know, he's kind of become oh, he's a sense. Yeah. 
maybe maybe um rich kendall will go on to the cripple connection and uh talk shit there in that chat room yeah, Rich, I'm your, I, yeah, I'm I'm your personal Jesus, bro. <laughs> He's saying I look like a female Jesus, and I need to do some push-ups. Yeah, uh, yeah. Maybe I do some push-ups on your wife later, please. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, but no, the, the 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 last note on on that uh, Dan Snyder thing, like, the, dude, it's it wasn't even as bad as Jerry Richardson. Like, they were blowing it up to believe like this was going to be some shit that would cause Dan Snyder to have to sell the football team. And Dan Snyder was never directly implicated in, in anything other than, you know, he, he knew about it. He knew it was going on and didn't do anything. And I think the bigger story is, is that those women, there are probably 10 different women on every football team that have stories about shit like that happening in the front office. And yes, it's terrible. And none of those women should ever have to go through that. But the fact of the matter is they built this up like like it was supposed to be some huge deal and then put it behind a paywall, dude. Fucking Washington Post and Jeff Bezos, dude, built this shit up to be like, oh, this is going to be the end of Dan Snyder. And then not only but it some was Some people it say that, Jeff Bezos wants a football team. It, uh, dude, uh, uh, that's that's the rumors. But it it was so misleading, dude. Just just so dumb. Yeah, I don't. And I think the problem is this: is that you want to be cautious in saying it's not a big deal because obviously it's a it is a big deal. You know, it's not appropriate for a workplace for people to make made feel uncomfortable by superiors, and it's particularly easy for that to happen to women, right? To be sexualized and different things. Uh, like uh, Sarah says, not surprised to hear it in the sports world. Yeah, is that you also yeah, got this is not the most refined group of people, you would think. But you, the way it was drummed up, you were expecting it to be. And, you know, and what it does is it kind of gets us that where we should be concerned. But we just like, you know, that's, what it did? that's it. It, it. it made it less of a yeah, it made us less they sympathetic ruined. to it. Yeah, they ruined it. Like they they made this to where like to put it into perspective, they had to have another reporter for the Washington Washington Post report about how they reported that and that they did a good job reporting it and it was just other people who had nothing to do with the process that made it look like it was if nobody had come in and said there's a story coming, this is going to be huge, you guys, you know, all of these reporters, if that hadn't happened, we might have been like Dang, get those guys fired. All right. Yeah. But like, there was a glass. The, the the most interesting part of the report to me was the glass floor part. Did you hear that part? Where there was a hallway that had a glass yeah, floor was, and people would like look a, up at people's skirts dude, at it. <laughs> shit's crazy, bro. And, uh, and they said that they all knew that. They, they wouldn't even care. Like they, they were all getting into a better position to make sure that they had the right angle to look up chick skirts let me uh drop this bombshell on you too this was another really uh audacious claim made in this is that these women were encouraged to dress attractively sensually to close business deals like i.e check out have you ever met anybody in the medical what is it pharmaceutical sales why do you think women destroy it there 
And it's not like they're out there pimping themselves out. I'm just saying this is that I mean, I'm sure there's somebody out there doing that, but right. So you know, it did. It was just kind of I don't know. It was, it, it, and it's you know what's also strange too is that how have the Redskins, ironically or coincidentally or strangely, have come out of two major scandals where they don't even seem that big of a deal, right? Like two years ago, I felt like we were more upset about the Redskins name than we are today. It's like they almost have been able to do the name change without as much PR damage as usual as as you thought it would be because of COVID, because of the black, like it's, it's kind of just been, you know, submerged in all this other news in a way. And so is this yeah. other thing is like the Redskins actually have taken the least beating they've ever taken. So, yeah. Yeah. Ice up. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to, I'm just going to continue to call them the Washington Rachel Flores. Yeah. All right, that's the C3 Panthers podcast. Uh, where can they check out your podcast, Cody? Why don't you drop, uh, tell us about your podcast and what you guys do? Yeah, man, me and my, uh, me and, me and my, uh, my partner Jeffrey do a, a video game show called the Cripple Connection Podcast. Yes, that's why my shoulders are so uh, tiny, Rich. It's not because I'm not doing my own enough push-ups, asshole. Thanks. I, I needed you to, 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 to tell me that, right? Uh, but no, we uh, we talk about video games, and this Friday we're gonna do a full review of uh, Ghost of Tsushima. That's on my own personal YouTube channel, um, uh, Cody Lashley. So like and subscribe, hit the notification bell. Uh, eventually, it'll have a YouTube channel of its own, but for right now, uh, it's there. And um, it's uh, we've moved to a monthly schedule, but I'm still the writer for DraftTech.com and the Carolina Panthers, um, writing first and second round comments for them and that will uh that's every month and uh, you can find me on twitter at cody lag c-o-d-y-l-a-c so uh, my wife's friend one time her husband was telling me this story and they were watching a movie or hang and this movie came up and it was someone that was deaf and they couldn't speak clearly right and you know that kind of inaudible type of and the wife made fun of it so she goes I, she said I, I know it's wrong I can't help it it just I always laugh about you know it's just always funny to me I laugh I laugh and then uh, the husband said we never hung out with that couple anymore and we we're like wow what happened and like her mom was deaf <laughs> like you stupid dick like you know what I'm saying like, you're like they were like well we're never hanging out with you again alright um Greg, what you got for us? You're on the Man of Many podcast. He he even takes a nap to get ready for this podcast. Yeah, yeah, I have to. Um, yeah, man, you can find me at the Bat Daddy Fifty Two. That's my personal handle. And then I am kind of a podcast whore. I'm just about everywhere. Uh, you know, I got the Super Civil Servants podcast live on Fridays at nine p.m. Eastern Standard Time, where we do basically what we do here on the Panthers or C three podcast as far as uh, broadcasting goes. Chat room, come check us out. Uh, we talk about all kinds of stuff there. I know this Friday we're talking about uh, Temple of Doom, which is really cool. It's always fun to go back and check out those old movies. Uh, Doom Patrol, Stargirl, reviewing Umbrella Academy Season 1, getting ready for Season 2 to come out. Just all kinds of really fun stuff, any kind of news going on. And then uh, part of the Geek Ultimate Alliance Network, which drops shows Monday through Friday. I'm on two of those shows so on Tuesdays, DC Alliance Podcast and Friday Superhero Discussions, which is an animated this television This is exhausting, show. Greg. I'm tired hearing it, and you do all these podcasts. 
spiel all these podcasts off at the end of every show too, which is even crazier. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, I just started a new show with another guy from It's Only a Monthly Show. It's the Batman You Can Believe Me first episode dropped yesterday. If you like Batman and you're a Batman fan, it's a show solely dedicated to talking about how much we love Batman. So really, really fun show. But so you can find that just about anywhere you can find a podcast. You can find me somewhere. Guys, hey, I think Greg, we-, we should start a podcast together. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> I actually think us three, uh, I think CK, Cody, and I should do a podcast where we talk about all your podcasting adventures, where we follow (laughs) you. We should just review all of, we should start a podcast just (laughs) reviewing all of Greg's podcast. It's the Truman Show. It would be our Truman Show. We would have more content (laughs) to talk about on that show than we do this show. Oh my yeah, yeah. yeah, we would. All right, CK, gaming away. What you got? All right, so here's what I wanted to do. I'm going to send this to you here, um, if you don't mind. Uh, and can you play this for the guys on the uh, to see what I do? Ooh, where are you sending it? For the Twitter. It's my. Uh, fa- it's going to be my Facebook profile. It's going to be a video from there. I uploaded it. It's like a 19-second little video. Yes, I can. Um, Hold on. Let me get but, my screen grab. Ready. Yeah. yeah, I can't see that on Facebook. Tony's going to show it to us. Yeah, that's why I figured it'd be better to do it this way. Um, all right. I would share it, but I don't think the sound you would be You said it's Twitter? No, I sent it to Twitter. Yep, and it's the link. Okay, I got you. Chat. I got you. I got you. Let me see if I can do Yo, this. Yo, the camo on that. I already looked at it. The camo on that fucking gun is crazy. Though. Oh, mine? <laughs> yeah. Let's see. Here we go. All right. Now, make sure the audio is up. Hit the play. Tortillas oh, on the corner. Stop here and turn me on, dude. If I haven't already <laughs> turned you on, I'm not doing my job. <laughs> that is fucking hilarious, dude. Can we be friends? <laughs> he goes, he goes, can we be friends? <laughs> yeah, one more time. One more time so we can hear the beginning. He sold tortillas oh, on the corner. Stop here and turn me on, dude. <laughs> if I haven't already turned you on, I'm not doing my job. All right. Send us out of here with that sultry voice. In a world where we are in a news drought for the Carolina Panthers, only four men know how to talk for an hour and 37 minutes about nothing. We have found a way to entertain you, and you have listened. Hopefully you'll return next week when we start talking about Teddy Bridgewater and his diet, because that is the only thing that we'll be able to talk about. You need to eat a lot of pineapple, Teddy. Eat pineapple, they say. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for tuning in. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. 
Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.